My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the, river, in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout the Bible, it's clear to me that God's favorite place in all of creation is the desert, the wilderness. God looks forward to meeting us in that desolate place because it's there that God can speak clearly to our hearts. Maybe it's because the desert isn't domesticated, it's wild. We can't control it. It's a place of danger and we're not in charge. It's a place that demands trust and dependence. And there God can speak. It's also a place of silence. And in the silence, we might even hear God speak. It seems that to me that from God's point of view, cities and farms and places that we have civilized, that we have taken control of, while they're good, as all of creation is, they're too filled with distraction to really allow God to speak love and tenderness, peace and goodness. We're too busy in the cities. We're too much in charge. It's so easy in the civilized world to think that we are its masters. We're in the desert. It's clear that we're not. And that calls us to the one who is the master of all creation, including the master of us. And so throughout the stories of the Bible, the desert becomes a place where God loves us teaches us, trains us, and even tests us. It was the journey through the desert for 40 years where God taught a people who had only known slavery how to be free. Not an easy lesson to learn. For freedom called forth responsibility. And freedom called forth accountability. And freedom called forth 
the willingness to hear what justice looked like and what love really would be. Slavery allowed that for none of that. And having made that journey through the desert, the people tried. And for centuries, they had fits and starts, but they were never really quite able to be free, free in the way that their God had created them to be and had taught them in the desert to be. And so repeatedly, in the process of trying to civilize the world, they sold themselves into the slavery that civilization demands, sold themselves to the slavery of commerce, sold themselves to the slavery of military power, sold themselves to domination and control. And after several centuries, they sold themselves completely and were completely conquered, scattered, their nation destroyed. They were led away into exile. What we hear Isaiah the prophet proclaiming in the first reading today is that the exile is over and it's time for another journey through the desert in which God will speak once again words of tenderness and love, communicating how much, how cherished we are, but still having to learn how to be free in the love of God. And they made it. And this time it was a little bit better, but still the temptations of the civilized world are always there, taking us away from the heart that God wants to speak to. And so it's no coincidence that in the gospel, John the Baptist begins his ministry by going out into the desert and there calling people out to the desert with him, away from the city, away from business, away from power, away from stress and anxiety and worry, to be honest with themselves and honest with their God and to allow God to restore us to our true identity as God's children, to our true identity as people who serve the master of the universe and no one less. He does that in the desert and they come. And he announces that one mightier than he is going to come. And we will hear eventually that yes, indeed, that one does come. The one he's not worthy to unfasten the straps of his sandals and he comes and asks for baptism the same way all the people do. And as soon as he's baptized, our Lord and Savior is taken and led into the desert to communicate where his father and he will spend 40 days in intense communication, planning and plotting how to save us, how to teach us to be free, how to teach us to be who we truly are, servants and children of the supreme master of the universe, who have its tendency to sell ourselves into slavery to so much less than that. So on the second Sunday of Advent, hearing how cherished and valuable and precious the desert is to God as the place where he can truly speak to us, away from the distractions of the world we are creating. We get into the world that God has created and given to us. 
Where is your desert? Where are you laid? Away from the din and the stress and the worry and the competition and the doubt and the fear that civilization brings. Where is your desert where God can speak tenderly to your heart and remind you of who you are and whose you are? Where is God preparing the way to come into your life and communicate once again your true identity as his beloved child in whom he is well pleased and ecstatically delighted?